Welcome to the Keeping the Nostalgia Live show. I am your host, Billy Powell. If you're listening, you'll have to visualize it. If you're watching, you'll see Coach Brandon Brantley on our show today. You can go to Keeping the Nostalgia Live. That's all one word, keepingthenostalgialive.podbean.com to listen to the audio version, or hopefully you're watching the Keeping the Nostalgia Live show on YouTube. Um, we have hundreds of interviews on keepingthenostalgialive.podbean.com, including Coach Gene Cady, uh, Rick Mount, uh, Chuck Bavis, who's passed away and left us. So there's plenty of stuff there for you guys to listen to. Um, I did get approval before we started this interview that uh, the, you know, Coach Knight behind us wasn't, you know, I didn't have to remove him. And Coach Brantley said it was okay. We could leave him there. And I think it's just because uh, Coach Katie's down below with an autographed photo to me. So um, I could spend 10 minutes introducing uh, Brandon Brantley, uh, an East Chicago native, uh, went to Andrean High School won three sectional championships there, 2016 Indiana Basketball Hall of, Fames, Hall of Fame Silver Anniversary Team, 1991 Indiana All-Star, was part of three Big Ten championships under Coach Gene Cady, and played 10 years of professional basketball. Uh, I hear that uh, you had snow in West Lafayette. You've landed in Minnesota for the game tomorrow afternoon. Coach Brantley, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Man, thank you for having me. It's an honor. You know, before we get into it, what is the protocol now for COVID and flying and, and how difficult is that for you guys to uh, go through or do or get used to? It's, um, the travel is pretty much the same. Um, the only thing is, um, you know, you, keeping your mask on um, for the duration of the flight. Um, and, and there's pretty much no food or beverages on the uh, on the flight, so uh, if you're hungry and you get on that flight and you haven't eaten, it's going to be a you know. Hopefully, you don't have to go a, a long distance because it's going to be kind of tough. Um, but the part I don't like is just keeping you know keeping your mask on. It just you know I think that's the the one thing with COVID that's kind of gotten under my skin is just always um, keeping keeping a mask on. And I understand why we want to keep everybody safe. We want to um, stop. Um, the spread of, of, of COVID-19. But, you know, sometimes when you have that mask on for um, a few hours, you know, it, for me, it just kind of wears on the back of my ears. And it just, you know, irritates me. So, you know, I'll be glad, you know, once um, uh, uh, the masses receive this vaccination and we can kind of get back to normal. Do you think it'll ever get back to normal? Do you worry about that? Or do you think that uh, uh, modern technology is going to help us out and this will be over? I think modern technology will definitely help us out, but I don't know if we'll ever get back to, you know, being the way it used to be. You know, it was, I remember when, um, uh, when 9-11 went down and, you know, it was it was never the same after 9-11. And I think COVID is going to be the same. You know, I, I think, you know, we're going to get back to living um, just fine, but it's going to be different. It's, so is there a lot of testing that goes on? Is there testing before the games, after the games? Is it, is it something that you've got to kind of get used to, getting yourself swapped or checked or temperature checked? or? Yeah, we usually test every morning. We go in and get those swabs. Um, even on off days. So um, a lot of precautions. Um, you know, everybody wants to be safe. We want to um, keep playing games and, and, and keep advancing. And so 
Um, it's, it's just one of the things that we have to go through. Um, I don't mind the testing. You know, that doesn't bother me. Like I said, it's it's just wearing um, the mask um, all day that kind of, you know, wears me down. Has it hindered uh, the modern day of recruiting or is that uh, still, you know, still going on strong or has it kind of slowed it down a little bit? And how do you feel about high school students now and having to go through this pandemic? Yeah, it, it's, it's really uh, affected recruiting as far as being able to um, evaluate live. You know, everything is online now, you know, ever since um, everything went crazy um, last last March, you know, we, man, I haven't, I, I I haven't been to a high school game, an AAU game. And so um, we've just been watching games um, on live streams and uh, watching a lot of videos. Um, so the one thing it, it kind of forces, you know, um, since you can't get out and, and see anybody face to face, you know, making even more phone calls and, and text messages. And, um, you know, uh, as far as the, the recruits go, um, you know, they, they really got to do their due diligence because um, they're not able to go on any um, official or unofficial visits. Um, so um, they've been relegated to Zoom calls and um, conferences on, on, on the phone with coaches. And um, so they really got to build their relationship, you know, on, on, you know, with video calls and FaceTimes and, and phone calls. So it's, it's, it's really different. You know, you're talking about a, this 2021 class and, you know, they're probably a bunch of guys that uh, never got a chance to uh, take any visits and, you know, they just had to make their decision, you know, as I said, on, you know, zoom calls and phone calls and just, you know, being able to, to trust that, that relationship that they built with someone that they've never seen face to face. You guys are sitting in fourth place. Did you foresee that or even think that that would be possible this year? Or did you, or did you know with the group of guys that you had that, you know, you could be as high as that, you know, going into tomorrow's game? Oh, we, we liked um, um, our young guys coming in. You know, we, um, we made the decision last year, Coach Painter did, um, to redshirt Mason Gillis and Brandon Newman. And, and, and we loved those guys um, when we got them out of high school. And um, um, we, we, we had some, uh, some, some experienced guys and, and coach is big on not wasting, uh, not wasting guys. And so we felt like we had the team at the time to where, you know, we could redshirt those guys and, and, and they could get uh, more reps in as far as practice and, and, and some other things as far as getting better, getting ready for um, uh, this, this season. Um, the true freshmen that came in, um, we, we really liked them. But, you know, in off season, we lost Matt Harms. We lost No Jail Eastern, two experienced guys, uh, really good defensive players. And so you sitting there in the spring and you just like, man, now we, we really got to rely on, 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 on these young guys. And sometimes that's scary. You know, why you, you know, why, why we did love them. Um, you know, the one thing in college basketball is that, you want to be old, man, experience, you know, you, you win with experienced guys. And so now we're just like, you know, you're already dealing with COVID in the off season and you don't know what the season's going to look like. And now you really got to make sure that, you know, these young guys are going to be ready to go uh, and, and they can help you. Um, but the one thing is like an off season, um, 
we knew we recruited the right guys, man, because they were always in the gym working. You know, they they wanted everything. They come in and lift every day. They getting extra shots up. Uh, they watching film. They just wanted it. And when you have guys like that, that they they want to be there. They believe in the program. They they hanging on everywhere. Coach Painter says, you know, we just like okay, we got a chance. You know, it may be a little bumpy starting off, but. I think that you know we're gonna find our way, and 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 here we are, um, um, in a in a in a very competitive uh, Big Ten conference, um, um, doing doing I guess I want to say an okay job. So, um, you're so far into the season. What it do you, can you communicate better? What is it like during game time? You know, you don't have the crowd noise and everything else. Can you communicate better with players without the crowds? Is it weird not having the crowds? Do you miss the crowds? Just, you know, of course you do, especially at home, but how do you feel about that? I, yeah, I miss the crowds, man. I think that's the one thing that makes college basketball special. Um, uh, going into Assembly Hall down at, in, in, in Bloomington and uh, going up to the Breslin Center in Michigan State. And, you know, and it's, it's that us against the world mentality because, you know, you got 17,000 people just sitting on top of you, just rooting for you to lose. And, um, and, and it's really hard. You know, people come through Mackey Arena and, um, and I feel like we've got one of the best home environments in college basketball and they absolutely help us win games. And so now here we are, um, no fans. And um, if you watch the games, I guess a lot of people do different things. Uh, me, myself, I kind of like to sit on the baseline and, um, and, and kind of communicate with guys. You can definitely communicate um, much better because, um, you know, the noise just isn't there because the, the, the fans aren't there. And so some of the things that we talk about in practice as far as uh, the scouting reports, um, you know, as, as how we want to defend other teams' actions and, and whatnot. And so I kind of sit down there and I'm, and I'm yelling out stuff and trying to get guys to, to play with energy and, and, and try to talk. So if you ever watched our games and you see me down there, that's, that's what I'm doing. So it's, um, it's definitely different, but you know, it's, um, um, it's, it's been fun. This is your eighth season at Purdue as a, a coach, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. How much, I'm going to show you something. How much do you miss this character? <laughs> Man, I, I miss Jack, you know, when um when when I first got there, you know, I didn't I didn't have any collegiate experience. You know, I was I was trying to get in for a long time. And then all of a sudden you get there and you realize you say, Oh man, this is this is a this is a grown man's game. And um Jack, even though Jack is younger, he took me under his wing and and, and I learned um a lot about this business just sitting in the office with him um, during the evenings, uh, whether it was um, uh, recruiting guys, watching film, just just a lot of the day-to-day -day stuff, you know. So I owe a lot to, uh, um, um, to Jack because uh, it's a very competitive business and, 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 and everybody's, you know, just trying to get their work done. And, and, you know, anytime I needed anything, man, he was there for me. You guys seem to crack on each other or joke on each other. Like I miss that. Oh man. He's um, it's, you know, it, the season can get long, man. It's, you know, it's, you know, we're traveling, we're playing games, you know, we're trying to win. We're trying to make sure the guys are okay. And, and when you're able to work with somebody that, 
uh, that can make you laugh every single day. Oh man, it's it's special. So, you know, so so many memories with with Jack Owens, man. Not not only a great uh, a great coach, but an, uh, an even better man. Were your mom and dad athletic? My dad played high school basketball. Um, went on to play at an HBCU uh, called Fisk University in Nashville, uh, where he met my mom. My mom wasn't athletic, so um, I learned the game. Uh, from my dad and, and did your dad play indiana high school basketball or was he from illinois yeah he played at um uh, frable high school which uh was up in gary uh they closed their doors i believe in 1971 um but you know in, in their heyday um they had a really good program um they were they were um staunch rivals of, of gary roosevelt high school so um um a lot of people when I, you know, going growing up and when I go back home, uh, talk about that rivalry. Um, so um, I know they had really good teams. So uh, Gary's different now. So it, it is. Uh, uh, I went to Broadwell High School and we played Gary Roosevelt every year. year and it, it was uh, if you wanted Gary Roosevelt, you wanted to get out as quick as possible. If you lost, <laughs> if you lost at Gary Roosevelt, you could take your time, but you still probably wanted to get out of there. You, you know, uh, that area of the state, you know, I know I'm probably getting a little bit ahead of myself, but, you know, there is so many more state champions that could probably would have come out of that East Chicago Gary area where you're from. Uh, but you guys would beat up on each other and there's only a one team that can come out of that area. Yeah, it's, it's uh, similar to a um, sectional in Indianapolis when you got all of those schools down there and there's uh, so many good programs, but only only one team can advance. And um, that's what it was like um, um, in Northwest Indiana. Um, the Gary sectional was always tough. Um, of course, when I came through, Glenn Robinson was there. So you kind of knew who was going to get out of there every year. Um, but even our regional, you know, we, we, uh, Andran competed in the Hammond sectional. And so, um, my three years of, of playing high school basketball, I was fortunate enough to be able to win that sectional every year, but the regional in East Chicago was so tough. So East Chicago would usually, you know, we would usually see them, uh, Gary Roosevelt was there. So, you know, just between those two teams was, was, a was, a was a, a mighty task, you know, just to get out of there. What was recruiting like in your day compared to what it is today? You know, I tell um, when I'm recruiting and um, you, you, you know, sometimes, um, you know, of course I'm not a teenager now, but when I'm talking to some of these kids, I'll talk about my own experiences. And, and one thing I always talk about is, uh, cell phones. I said, you know, you guys, you know, you, you know, every, everybody, the world is different now. Everybody has a phone. So, you know, you can, you can always communicate. But when I was growing up, you know, we didn't, you know, we didn't have cell phones. You just, you had the house phone. And so, um, you know, I remember every kid, when you first start getting attention and love, you know, you love it, you know, it's, oh man, I, I, I've arrived, you know, this school's calling and that school's calling and you know, it, it's, it's fun. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you start getting to your senior year and it just wears you down. And, you know, during those times, you know, there was no cell phone, it was a house phone. And so, you know, I got tired of, of 
you know, just talking to people at night. You know, was, I'm a teenager. I wanted to just go out and hang with my friends and, and play ball, just come home and watch TV. And I couldn't do that because the phone was always ringing, you know, before I made my decision. And so I would try to avoid it. I'd tell my sister, like, you know, tell, you know, whoever calls, tell them I'm not home. And my mom was like, nope, you know, this is what you asked for. And so she wouldn't, you know, we had to answer the phone because there was no caller ID or anything like that. So she said, you know, hey, I don't know, somebody could be dying. We, we got to pick that phone up. And so now these guys, you know, they, they got the phone with them wherever they go. And they can receive text messages. They can get emails. Um, you know, they get calls. And so, you know, it, it's much easier, you know, for these guys, you know, even with the Internet, you know, they can get on Twitter. And, you know, it, it's, it's so much different. You know, it's interesting, you know, Coach Kelvin Sampson here at the University of Houston, of course, I'm, I'm based out of Houston, Texas, is doing a fine job there. But, you know, what he got in trouble for is now legal with text messaging. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and you know, the world, the world is like that. You know, sometimes uh, something can be impermissible. And, and um, you know, when college coaches after the season, they get together and they talk about things and they say, hey, man, this doesn't make sense, you know. How are you, you know, we, we're in the business of, I know we, we're coaching basketball, but at the end of the day, you want to get these young men, you, you got to have a relationship with them. You know, you want to make them better. Well, how do you get a, how are you going to make a young man better and you don't have a relationship with them? You know, you know, I, I can only talk to him for a week. I can only do this, but you know, I'm, I'm supposed to, you, you can, you're not going to have a relationship with anybody. So you know, in my opinion, you know, that was, that was foolish, you know? So now I'm, I'm glad the rule has changed because, uh, you know, these, these kids are different, man, but I don't care what, what age you're in. If you're recruiting kids, you know, you want to get to know them and, you know, when they get there, you, you know, you want them to be comfortable with you and you also want to know what you're getting. So and you can't do that. Being able to make uh, a certain amount of phone calls or send a certain amount of text messages each week. You know, in your recruiting process to Purdue, um, did you have to narrow it down to two or three schools? And what jersey would you have possibly would have been the closest that you would have possibly worn besides a Boilermaker uniform if you would not have chose Purdue? Um, you know, like most kids, you know, you a lot of schools look sexy, but in the back of your mind, you just know, like, is, is there's no way I'm going to this school. You know, and there's a lot of schools like that that recruited me. I would I would watch them on ESPN, and I loved the way they played and everything. But I just knew that I wasn't going to go there. I knew I wanted to be close to home because I was close to my family, and you know, it was important, you know, for me that they were able to um, come down and see all of my games. And and that was one good thing about Purdue was that we were in such a central location that they, they could come down and not only see the home games, but they could travel and, and see me at, at IU and, and Northwestern and uh, the Michigan schools and Illinois and Ohio State. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad drive for them to be able to come see me um, play on the road. Um, but um, I think Purdue, you know, I always liked Purdue from day one. You know, I went, um, before I even got into college basketball, I went down to, um, Coach Katie's camps, um, my fifth and sixth grade year. And um, just, you know, I, I had no idea I was going to play basketball, you know, let alone at Purdue. I was just, you know, just a kid. It was something to do in the summertime. So I would walk around Mackey Arena and, um, 
You know, I saw the players. It was it's crazy because Matt, Matt Gaddis is one of my favorite all-time boilermakers because I remember I would, you know, I would look at the posters in the hallway and Matt, Matt always had a cool haircut and had like three gold chains on. I said, boy, I like this dude, man. <laughs> and then it, and then when I got to Purdue, Matt was a guy that took me under his wing and really looked out for me. So I, I'm always going to have love for Matt Gaddis. But Coach Weber would uh, would run those camps. And Coach Weber was always, man, kind, and he was good to me. And uh, when I started playing basketball and I, and I started getting to the level of where um, colleges were reaching out to me, you know, he was the first coach to call me on the phone, and he remembered me, you know, from being at camp. And so I, I thought that was incredible. I was like, this dude, like, you know, you think about how many kids would, you know, come through those camps in the summertime, and he remembered me. And I was just like, wow, you know. But they would invite me down to, to games and um, um, a lot of things. And so in the back of my mind, even at that time, even before, like, maybe they extended an offer or um, I really um, kind of seriously considered where I was going to go, I always knew Purdue was going to be on the list. Now, there were some other schools. Um, I definitely looked at Indiana. My dad was a big fan of, of Indiana's program. He liked Coach Knight, everything that he stood for. Um, I liked Michigan a lot. Um, I was a big fan of that 89 team with, with Glenn Rice and, and Terry Mills and those guys. Um, um, I liked Marquette. I really wasn't familiar, but, um, man, they did a lot of work. Uh, they reached out to me a lot, Wisconsin, uh, maybe a couple other schools, but you know, I, I just I kind of knew I wasn't going to go far. Um, Want to stay in the Big Ten, and at the at, at the end of the day, I said, man, Purdue just made sense. I was familiar with them. Um, I trusted them. You know, I knew I knew I knew players in the program. Glenn and I talked about um, possibly going to school together and and, and playing together and, and rooming together, and you know, and that was back in the in 1990, and and here we are, 2021, and uh, I'm still at Purdue, so. Um, I know I made the right decision. Uh, speak about your relationship with uh, Glenn Robinson. Um, you, you know, the 1991 Indiana All-Star team. What, when did your relationship actually start with him? We, uh, we met as a freshman in high school. So the, the, the very first official high school games um, that we played, we played against each other when we, you know, neither one of us played varsity. You didn't see a lot of freshmen playing varsity um, in that day. Um, so um, we always, and Dran always started out, opened up with Gary Roosevelt, you know, freshman team, JV team, varsity. And so um, I was kind of coming into my own. I wasn't very good, you know, when I was young, but then all of a sudden I get to high school and I'm, and I'm about uh, six, two, six, three, uh, I was the best player on my team. So, you know, we're walking into Gary Roosevelt and I'm like, man, we're going to, you know, we're going to smoke these dudes. I feel good. And then I see Glenn, I'm like, dang, this dude is taller than me. You know, I, I never heard of him, so I didn't care. You know, he, and he was just okay, you know. And uh, later on that spring, after the season was over, I get a call from um, um, AU team and Gary asking me to come play. So I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, the coach was like, yeah, we got we got uh, the best kid in the area, Glenn Robinson. I'm like, who is that? He's like the big kid over at Gary Roosevelt. I'm like, I'm thinking like, man, I'm better than him. So fast forward, we get over to their first practice and I found out I wasn't better than him. <laughs> <laughs> 
but we uh we got to know each other um and we became fast friends man you know the one thing is that man he was you know he was he was so good but he was so competitive and um i got so much better just just you know not only playing against him but playing with him you know and so it's always good when you when you can have a friend like that that's you know that's always going to push you you know, and I mean, he was just, he was so good. You know, I don't, you know, I try, I try to explain to our guys how good he was. And the one thing um, I learned, like, you know, playing with him was I was like, man, I, you know, if I can play, you can get so much stuff just playing off of this guy because he drew so much attention. And so I was like, you know, I knew I was like, man, you're not going to, you know, coach is not going to run a play for me when I'm out there on the floor, you know, with him. Because, you know, he shouldn't. He's so good. He should get the ball every single time. But I was just, I'm going to get to the glass every time. You know, I'm a double team. I'm going to have my hands ready. Just, you know, so I got so much stuff um, playing with him. But going against him, you know, I knew I had to be hooked up every single day because he was a guy that was just, you know, he was he was just so hooked up. So I was like, man, I got to be on my P's and Q's. I got to be ready. And <clears throat> my red shirt year at Purdue, I had to guard him in practice every single day. And, you know, I got my butt kicked a bunch of times in practice, but it, it absolutely made me a better player. So, you know, walking into the next season, I said, man, I can guard anybody. You know, I had to deal with this dude for a whole year. I, I can guard anybody. Did you have a, a favorite? Did you follow? Did you have a favorite player in the NBA? Did you follow? A, did you have a favorite NBA team growing up? Uh, I love the Bulls, man. You know, in Northwest Indiana, you know, we everything in Chicago because we are part of the Chicagoland metropolitan area. So we just going to follow everything in Chicago. So I was, I was born and raised a, um, a Bulls fan. So I was a Bulls fan before Michael Jordan got there. You know, I remember going to games and it was Reggie Theus's team. You know, you could go to the old Chicago stadium and, you know, you buy a ticket and you got four seats, you know, <laughs> nobody was going to the games. And then all of a sudden, Michael Jordan got there and we were still fortunate. It was before like he really like people really, really found out how good he was. And so we would still go to games. And then I just remember maybe it was the uh, 87, 88 season. It was just like games were sold out. It was so hard to get tickets um, after that. But Michael Jordan, I was I really loved Michael Jordan um, growing up. Um, I loved the Iceman. My mom was from San Antonio, Texas. And uh, so when we would go down to visit, <clears throat> you know, we would go to Spurs games. And so I love George Gervin. Um, of course, um, I love um, Dr. J growing up. You know, I, I was the kind of like, you know, I had a favorite player, but I appreciate, you know, all great players. You know, like, you know, now the big debate is, you know, who's the greatest between LeBron James and Michael Jordan. And, and, and people really get mad. Like they draw a line in the sand and, you know, I still I still believe Michael is the greatest, but I, I respect LeBron's greatness. Like he man, he's great. You can't take anything away from him. You know, so when I was in high school, the big debate was, you know, who was greater between Magic and Michael. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm always going to side with Michael, but, you know, I definitely respected Magic's greatness. You know, uh, the Iceman played for the Bulls for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We got him. He was. uh we got him on the downside of his career, but he was, you know, he was still 16 points a game, but, you know, not, you know, not good enough to, you know, where we were going to get past um, Larry Celtics, you know, but it was, you know, it was good. If you watch the last dance documentary, just watching the evolution of that team, like I remember it, 
And so I, I remember, you know, when the Bulls finally won that title, man, I was, I mean, just so happy. There was a uh, game that uh, the Pacers were playing the Spurs and I think Dudley Bradley was like uh, supposed to this, be this defensive guru. And if they held uh, the Spurs or uh, George Gervin under a certain amount of points, everybody was going to get free Kentucky fried chicken. So, you know, first two quarters, Dudley Bradley was holding them to, uh, you know, below average. And then he busted out. And I think he scored 56 for the game running around telling the fans, no chicken for you. <laughs> no chicken tonight. Oh, man, he could score that ball, man. Boy, he could score. So uh, when you first got on campus and you first started going to practices, uh, uh, what was Gene Katie like? Did you feel like you'd make the right decision? Were you a little scared? What was uh, those first few white, first few weeks there like for um, Brandon Brantley? I, I had a relationship with Coach coming in, so I, I just kind of knew like Coach was like an intense guy, you know. Off the court, man, he was he was so easy to get along with. Like it was it was easy, but you know when you cross the lines, when it was time to do something, like man, you better be hooked up because he was you know Coach was a hard charging dude. So um, you know that's what I wanted. You know, if you if you didn't love the game and you weren't a hard, um, a hard working guy and you weren't competitive, then you know don't go to Purdue because it it, it wasn't going to work out. But um, I think I had that instilled in me, and so you know I embraced it, man. I loved it. You know, um, when Coach jumped on me, you know I, I, I loved it. I was like, I got to go harder. You know, so you know when I first got there, you know it, you know it was it was it was easy for me. It was you know I never I never felt like I was overwhelmed at Purdue, just you know simply because I loved the game. I knew I, what I was in for. You know that's what I came for. I came to be coached. I came to be pushed. So, you know, and, and I was fortunate enough in my last three years where we won the Big Ten. So. I didn't see that side of coach that maybe, you know, some, you know, somebody that came through and had a losing season or they didn't um, uh, play as they were expected to. I didn't, I didn't see that side of, of Gene Katie. You know, there's the perception that Indiana hates Purdue, Purdue hates Indiana, but the reality of it is, I mean, it, I'm assuming maybe I'm wrong. It's not a marked game on the schedule. It's just like any other game that you played, or did you practice a little bit more for other opponents than you would for some other opponents? Or, you know, do you play ball with some of those people who uh, played at Indiana university against you still, you know what I'm saying? You know, you know where I'm going with that. You know, it's, um, I think I can speak for those guys when I, you know, anytime we, we play them, there is going to be some motivation because they are rivals and it's, it's nothing wrong with that. That's the way it's supposed to be. You know, nobody wants to see, you know, a, a soft Indiana Purdue um, game, you know, they, they, you know, the state wants to see us going at them and them going at us. And so I don't think anything's changed, you know, even now, you know, we play Indiana, our guys are going to be, they're going to get up for that game. And I, and I, and I'm, I'm willing to bet when IU plays us, um, they, uh, it's, it's going to be the same. The feeling is mutual, you know. So even when I played, you know, you know, part of me going to Purdue, you know, that was a game that I looked forward to because I, I watched it on TV and I'm like, boy, this is intense. I can't wait to be a part of something like this. But I did, I did know guys who played at that program, and um, you know, I'm to this day, I'm still cool with a, with a bunch of those guys. I played AAU ball with Brian Evans. Brian Evans is a great guy. Um, I knew Alan Henderson coming up because we were in the same class, man. He's a great guy. Still talk to him to this day, man. Uh, uh, not, not a good guy, a great guy. 
um, I got to, I didn't know Calvert in high school. Um, and then I, I met him um, once I started coaching at Purdue because he was on staff at St. Louis. And I was just like, this dude is unbelievable. Like, I was like, man, I, I love just sitting here talking to him. Like, you know, you, you never know that, man, he's all time leading scorer in the big 10, like just that good of a, of a guy. But um, Greg Graham, um, uh, Jamal Meeks, a bunch of those guys, man, just, you know, good guys, you know, and that's, that's the one thing about basketball sometimes is, um, you know, you compete hard and then all of a sudden, you know, once the, once the dust settles and you like, oh man, this, you know, these, these are some good guys over here. So that, that's how I've always felt about a bunch of guys that have um, played down there. When did the idea of coaching basketball come to your mind? Was it, was it during your playing days, of course, or were, were you getting toward the end of your uh, professional career when it crossed your mind? Or is it something that kind of snuck in there during your playing days at Purdue that you wanted to coach? Probably um, towards the end of my professional career. You know, and what happens is, um, you know, you love the game and you just want to play and you want to play. Then all of a sudden you start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. You're like, well, I'm not going to be able to, to do this, you know, um, much longer. And, um, but the game is, you know, was good to me. You know, I, I, everything I had, I put into the game, you know, ever since I think I, I first fell in love with basketball in the third grade, you know, so every day, I'm, you know, for, for the majority of my life, I was waking up in the morning thinking about basketball. And, um, you know, so I was able to play in elementary school. I played in junior high school, played in high school, played in college, and now, you know, you're overseas and then all of a sudden it's like, man, you know, it's, it's coming to an end, but I still want to stay around the game. <clears throat> and so um, I knew I, I, I had work to do because, you know, it's, it's such a difference between coaching and playing. And uh, I remember Coach Painter would always, you know, we had conversations and, you know, guys played the game and they think that just because they played the game, they can coach the game. And man, it's the furthest thing away from the truth. <laughs> you know, you, you get a, you cross over and you're like, oh, this is different, you know? So that was the one, that was one of the big adjustments that I had to make, but I knew I wanted to stay around it because the game was, you know, it was good to me, but you know, you want to be in that team environment. And so for me, one of the things that appealed to me was like working with young men, you know? And so even before I got to the college level, I knew I was going, I was going to coach in high school and so man, I'm going to start somewhere and, and uh, I had some offers as far as going to uh, um, um, a few high schools in the uh, Indianapolis um, area. And um, it came down uh, between Ben Davis and Lawrence North. And, you know, of course, man, you know, you love Lawrence North, man. Jack Kiefer has done a great job. Um, the tradition, the players, everything. But I, I thought I needed to go somewhere where I was like, man, I'm, I'm really going to learn the game. Like, he's got a system in place. I don't think, you know, you got to do too much because, man, he's just such a great coach and things are going to fall into place. Whereas Ben Davis was bringing in a young coach. You know, it was, it was his first job. So I said, man, I can I can really roll my sleeves up and kind of learn some things and help this guy. But also I, I thought, like, because of the young men over there in that area, I said, man, some young men over there that could – could really use a guy like me and you know and I and I love that that's 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 my favorite part of the game is, is being able to work with young men and and help push them to um, to to heights that they 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 probably thought they'd never see and 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 once they're done you know you can uh, 
you see these these young men become successful fathers and, and citizens in the community. So that's I get my joy at, uh, from that part of coaching. You know, uh, Kenny Barlow, who played at Notre Dame and then had a fabulous career overseas, um, he said the other day that, you know, he gave up a guaranteed contract and gave up playing in the NBA, but he would not do it over again and would continue to play overseas for what he, he would do it again the same way. How hard, I know you had a tryout with the Pacers. How how disappointed were you that you didn't go into the NBA or play in the NBA? And then how excited or how much fun was it playing in that 10-year professional career that you did have overseas? Well, I wasn't a guy that was, you know, I always knew, like, it's, it's hard to play in the NBA. You know, I, I, I look at some of these young guys now and, and like they know they're going to the NBA. I'm just like, boy, that's a lot of confidence to have. Like, have you have you really sat down and watched an NBA game? Have you like seen these guys up close? You know, and and I know I competed at a high level in college, but, you know, I was I was realistic. I was like, man, you know, you know, everybody wants to play in the NBA, but man, it's going to be hard. And so, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to be invited into a rookie camp. Um, with the Pacers and, um, you know, even going in and I, and I thought I did pretty well. I was like, man, this is going to be hard. You know, it's, you know, it's only a certain amount of spots and you got to be really, really good. Um, so, you know, when, 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 when I didn't make it, you know, I wasn't, you know, my head wasn't down. I kind of knew I was like, you know, I, I need to start um, working with my agent on, um, you know, building the right connections to get overseas because you can still get over there and play some good ball and make a good living. And, uh, and, and that's what, that's what happened for me. And so, um, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. You know, I, I met so many amazing people overseas. I got to see the world play some, some, some great basketball. Um, and so, um, you know, that's, you know, I look at it as I said, man, that's, that's what God wanted and needed me to be. You know, and and man, 10, 10 fabulous years, man. I'm I'm still in contact with a lot of people that I've met overseas. So um I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. But you know, I you know, I knew, you know, I knew it was hard to play in the NBA. So it's you know, sometimes I you know, when these young guys talk about it, you know, I'm just like, man, you you make it sound like it's like baking a cake on Sunday morning. <laughs> So, so you're a historian of the game. You're a basketball junkie. How do you continue a relationship with someone and be a junkie of the game? Like, you know, is your wife also a basketball uh, uh, a lover? I mean, how, how do you balance a personal life with uh, coaching the game of basketball? Um, you know, my, my wife is, 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 you know, she watches the games, you know, she'll watch, um, you know, she, I think she understands a little bit more because of, uh, um, because I'm, you know, it's my job. And so she, you know, she'll see these teams when she comes to the game. So I, you know, I think she'll watch, you know, some of the games on TV um, a little bit. I'm not going to say um, she's totally engulfed into it. Um, but the one thing is, you know, is, you know, we go into the office and man, Coach Painter is, uh, you know, he's like a walking basketball encyclopedia. You know, you, you know, you drop any name, he knows, and he's going to tell you the high school that that guy went to college, man knows everything. So, you know, even though we're in there trying to, you know, do the best job we can for Purdue, you know, a lot of basketball conversations, you know, and also with, with, with uh, uh, Facebook, you know, you mentioned Ken Barlow 
And uh, I love going over to Barlow's page and, you know, just a bunch of guys, you know, it's, it's kind of like a virtual barbershop over there. So we, we you know, we, we arguing and debating uh, the game, you know, who's better between this guy and that guy and what would this team do in, in that era? And so um, I'm not a big television watcher or, but I can sit on, on Facebook some, some nights and, and just debate basketball for hours. You know, that's, it's my passion. You know, I love the game. And, and so, you know, part of that passion is putting everything I have, you know, into the job and, and helping these young men. But, you know, my getaway sometimes, you know, is watching uh, NBA basketball game or, or simply just, you know, being around uh, some former players and, and, and just talking about the game. You know, once once uh, Barlow and you guys get into that conversation, I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm not even going to get into. I'm not even going to get into that because I could be getting notifications uh, up until three or four in the morning. Um, do you watch the NBA game today? It's changed. I, I scratch my head sometimes when when I watch the NBA today. Do you do you do the same thing, or are you just you know, is it different than what it was? It's it's evolved, you know, and um, better, and sometimes. I'm not going to say better or worse. You know, I've, I've, I've had this conversation. I know Kevin Garnett made some comments on um, the past couple of days saying like guards from, you know, 20 years ago couldn't play in this era. And I'm just like, well, why not? I said, they put their pants on the same way. The game was just changed. And I said, you know, so if you take, uh, you take Tim Hardaway and you, uh, you know, Tim Hardaway from, from 1993 is just not going to fall into the NBA. You know, if Tim Hardaway, was playing in this era, you know, he would play like these guys play, you know, it's, it's, you know, so it's not like, you know, you're not going to have a bunch of guys just, you know, you know, being warped into 2021 from, from, from the mid nineties. Like it just doesn't work like that. You know, people say, Oh, LeBron James couldn't have played uh, in the eighties. Well, why not? I said, he'd be just like everybody else. Like he, he'll have that same mentality, the same makeup. He's going to play the game like everybody else. Like LeBron James from 2020 is just not going to fall into 1985. It doesn't work like that, you know. So uh, I was, I didn't, I didn't understand his comments. Do you play uh, video basketball video games? No, no, I'm not. Yeah. A, I'm not a video game guy. But watching the game, I mean, the game, you know, it's good. You know, you you don't want the game. You know, we all love the game uh, when Larry Bird and Magic was playing. You appreciate it. But I'm happy that the game evolved. You know, uh, you love the game in the 90s when, when Michael and those guys played. The game evolved. You know, then it goes to Shaq and Kobe and, and, and Tim Duncan Spurs. And, you know, it, it, it was all great basketball. But, you know, that's, that's the beautiful thing about our sport is that it just it keeps evolving. And so now you see these, you know, the, the three-point shot is, is such a weapon. And, and so now, you know, you, you watched um, – um, back in the golden era of, of NBA basketball, and it was a big man's game. And and now, you know, you're talking about five skilled guys. You know, you, you, if you look back and, you, you know, you look at Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, they had to dribble down the court and, like, throw it into him in the post. And so now, you know, you're talking about a guy um, that's Kareem's size that can, you know, he can get the rebound. He can bring it up himself. You know, he can – he can make a dribble up three, you know, he can, he can make a move off the bounce and he can advance the ball. So, you know, the game is, you know, it, it, it evolves. 
You know, and when you talk about the greatest of all time, a lot of people will leave Wilt and Kareem that, you know, you know, it's always a Michael Jordan or a LeBron James or Kobe Bryant or, you know, this person. I mean, I, you know, the big guys made the game evolve because of how big and how dominant they were. Yeah, it's, you know, it, another great thing about our sport, you know, it's, it's football. It's just like, you know, who, you know, that argument is so much harder in football because, um, you know, it's, 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 there's so many different positions and, you know, I, I was, I was having this conversation with somebody. I, I was, I was saying like, how can you leave like a guy like Ray Lewis out of the conversation? Like Ray Lewis is always on the defensive side of the ball, but he impacted the game. So how can you just, just throw 50 guys ahead of him? And I was like, you know, one year his team won the Super Bowl. Like he was the best player in the, in the NFL and he was never on the offensive side of the football. So I said, it's so disrespectful to like, you know, but it's, it's, it's so different for football, but for basketball, you know, all these, you know, all, every guy plays offense and defense, but it's, but it's so different, you know? And so it, it is hard to say like, who's the greatest of all time because all the errors were different, you know, you know, what, what Michael did was, was unbelievable, but you know, you know, what Magic and, you know, Magic and Bird came through and, and saved the game. Like, what they did was was incredible. You know, what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did in the 70s was incredible. You know, and I, I tell the young guys, you know, I wasn't around. I wasn't alive. I didn't see, um, you know, Wilt Chamberlain and, and Bill Russell in their primes. But, you know, you can't, you can't um, undermine their numbers and what they did. And, you know, also in that time, you know, uh, facing the, the the racism that they did and I said man you you can't discount that I said that that's you know being able to like get up every single day and do your job at a high level while dealing with that I said man it's something to be said for that uh speaking of racism do you, do you still see it in today's game yeah racism isn't going anywhere um you know it's, it's just a part of the world I mean it's it's been around for centuries you know, my, my thing with it is, is that we don't have enough real conversation. You know, it's people just, oh, no, don't, you know, don't don't talk about that. Don't bring that up. And it's like, well, why not? How are we going to advance if we don't if we don't talk about things? We just keep sweeping things underneath the rug. And when you do all of a sudden, when you can't, sweep, you know, when there's no more room to sweep stuff under there, you get that you, you, you have 2020 with people in the streets and they setting stuff on fire and they're, and they're rioting and everything, you know? And so I think, you know, we all have to, you know, have to have real conversations and, and talk about things. And so even though that stuff happened, man, we had, we had real conversation and dialogue after that stuff happened. And I think it's, it's helped our country. You know, we're, we're all, we all go to work to better ourselves and I, I know that's probably a standardized standardized uh, answer that you can give me, but I mean, have you been asked a few years about taking on a, a college program? How do you do you handle it the same way you handled the recruiters calling your house when you were going to college? Um, I'm assuming that's your goal is to be a head coach. I mean, how does that? And and if you want to keep your plans under wrap, that's fine too. How how does that all? go around in your head as, as, as you continue to do your job in your eighth season at Purdue? Um, you know, I, I think everybody at the end of the day, you, you do want to lead your own program. But when I, um, when I got this job, 
you know, anytime you get something, you want to leave it better than you found it. You want to leave, you know, your imprint. And so I was already coming to, to work for a great boss and, and Matt Painter, you know, but, you know, he made such a great guy and, and, you know, and I always, I was like, man, I want to get to a final four. You know, I think he deserves it. The university deserves it. You know, all the former players that, that ever came through the fan base, you know, we've been close. But, you know, sometimes close is not good enough. We want to get there. I, I think we deserve it. And so, you know, that was the one thing I said, man, I want to, I just want to do my part and, and help, you know, get us to a final four. And, and, and then, um, you know, just like I talked about, you know, going overseas, I was there for 10 years, you know, I believe in God and, and God is, is, is going to lead me to, to where I'm, I need to be and, and, and where I'm wanted. You know, Virginia Caval Virginia is going to be the longest reigning NCAA champion of all time, of course. <laughs> but was that game as crazy as I watched it? Between it the was, you know, it was. You know, we we came out, we came out hot, and we were, you know, we were battling, and then all of a sudden, you know, they man, they're a great team. You know, they, they ended up cutting the nets down, and so you know, they make their run and. Then we get down and all of a sudden, man, we come storming back. And, uh, you know, I just, I remember just watching, you know, at the end, I'm just like, man, we finally here, we're going to do it. Then all of a sudden, um, Ty Jerome, I mean, he just, he, he misses that, that free throw perfectly. It goes back. And, and I remember like no jails kind of like in between and he doesn't, he doesn't let, uh, Kihei Clark, make the pass to, uh, I think it was either, it was uh, Kyle Guy or Ty Jerome back there. He he prevents them from making that pass. And so he advances it up um, to the big guy. And I'm just like, man, this, you know, Matt stays back. So I'm just like, oh man. And, and, and he makes that shot. And I'm just like, oh my God, just, you know, so, and then and the rest is history. So, you know, I, I think we did all the right things, you know, and it's just, you know, that's the way it, 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 it played out. But just watching it, I was just like, man, this is, you know, this is crazy. You know, I just remember after the game, like, you know, everybody's just so distraught and, and coach comes in and come on, come on, we got to go check on these guys, you know, because it, it was about them. You know, it wasn't about us. You know, you know, you put so much time into it and, and you know, and that's the thing. Like when the game is over, I mean, it's just so much, you know, emotion and 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 stuff in the atmosphere. And you know, you you know, you can't sit there and worry about yourself. You know, it's about those kids, man, because they're the ones that put the uniform on. They go out there and fight. You know, they did everything right, and and the ball just didn't bounce our way. You know, so I just you know going in there and comforting those guys, and you know, from where we started you know, out that season to where we finished, man, I mean, it was just incredible. Uh, are you guys excited? It doesn't matter that all, everything is going to be in the Indiana, Indianapolis area for the, uh, you know, Big Ten tournament, I think is in Indianapolis. The NCAA tournament's going to be in Indiana. Were you guys excited to hear that? It doesn't make a difference. You guys just have one common goal or how did you guys, uh, when you found that out? Um. Uh, me myself, I'm excited because we don't have to travel that far. But you know, no matter where the where the games are going to be played, um, you just you going to have to roll up your sleeves and fight anyway. You know, I don't think like anybody's going to lay down just because you know they got to play Purdue um, in the state of Indiana. 
Um, so um, it, it's going to be no different, man. It's going to take a lot of uh, focus and hard work and determination um, to win um, an NCAA um, tournament game. You know, I don't think sometimes I don't think people realize like how hard that is um, because, you know, everybody is playing at, at such a high level and, you know, everything is on 10, you know. So, um, you know, like I said, no matter where the game is, man, it, it's, it's going to be a fight. Uh, you've been so gracious and fantastic. I appreciate you taking time. I know you have a busy schedule, but one other question and without dissing any school, is there a, is there a place where, and it may be where you're at today. Is there a place where you're like, man, I just really don't want to go up to Minnesota this time around. Or there, is there a place that you really don't enjoy going or enjoy playing? Uh, you know, I think I appreciate going everywhere, you know, cause some of these places, you know, I've, I've, you know, I got good memories of coming to, you know, when I was a, when I was in college, you know, in Minnesota, you know, I don't, I don't know if anybody wants to come up here this time of the year because it's so cold, but, you know, coming in Williams arena, man, it is one of my favorite arenas. I mean, I love, you know, the city of Minneapolis, man, beautiful city, beautiful downtown. And, you know, the, the worst part is just walking outside of the hotel and, and getting on the bus, just facing the cold. But, once you get in that arena, you know, it's just, man, so many memories, you know, I've got some, some, some good friends that played up here. Um, but, you know, when I was, when I was playing, Nebraska wasn't in the league, Maryland wasn't in the league, uh, Rutgers wasn't in the league. And so um, being able to, you know, uh, anytime you, uh, you know, at least for me being able to see an arena that I, I never played in or visited and all of a sudden you get a chance to walk around and, and, and see all the history and the great players that have um, 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 played at these respective arenas, you know, it's a big deal to me. You know, you know Maryland, man, you know, growing up, you know, Maryland is, is one of the greatest college programs of all time. And you go through there and you see the names of the guys that came through, you just like, wow, you know. So, you know, there, there's not a place that I don't um, enjoy going to in our, in our conference. Well, I got to meet you five years ago in 2016 when you came down for the Final Four here in Houston and Coach Dave Shellhouse, you know, Purdue All-American yep, himself, yep. Um, uh, was here. And uh, it took five years for me to get you on the show, but it's fantastic. <laughs> and you're not as intimidating as I thought the big man was going to be. And I thank you so much for your time. Oh, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And anytime I get a chance to talk some basketball you know it's my passion so man thank you for having me on i think everyone enjoyed i thank you for your time and good luck thank tomorrow you. thank you